All right, bradcooney.com. In accordance with HCN Networks, is absolutely honored to have on board the front man, the lead singer, Steve Whiteman of Kicks. What is up, Steve? It is all my pleasure to be with you this evening. Thanks for having me. Man, honored to have you on board, man. Been a big, big Kicks fan for many, many years. The exciting news is you guys, minus the bass player, got together again and released a new record. I believe it's coming out next month. Um, rock your face off, man. Talk about this. Talk about how it came about. Well, um, Kicks actually did our last show with Donnie and with the original lineup in 1996, and we really thought that it was over. The whole grunge scene had come in and taken over, and there was a whole new party in town, and we were kicked out, and we were not invited at anymore. So we all kind of decided to call it a career and move on with our lives. And about 2003, 2004, a, a local promoter got hold of me and said, what are the chances of, of going to Kicks reunion show? And he flashed a big pile of money in front of us, and we thought, uh, chances are pretty good. <laughs> so, so we did. We did a local show, and that got interest in, in other areas in our in our little backyard area. So we started doing like four or five area shows twice a year. And uh, that kind of evolved into getting some uh, some national attention from an agent who gave me a call and said, I don't know if you realize this or not, but I can probably get this band some festivals and get you guys back out there. And I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he got us Rocklahoma. So in 2008, Kicks played Rocklahoma out of our backyard comfort zone in front of like 20,000 people that I was shocked. They were on their feet and they were digging it and that kind of opened our eyes to, to say, I think maybe we can do this and get back into it and go across the country and enjoy it for the first time in, in ever. So that sort of it was the evolution of getting it back on. So we've been adding more shows every year. And um, when we decided to release a live CD DVD, we just had a couple of guys that came and said, can we shoot your show? And we said, yeah, go ahead. And they start sending us clips of, the, of what they shot, and it was so damn good. We thought we could put this out, so we got Frontiers Records to um, distribute it. And it was called Live in Baltimore. It was a live DVD uh, CD shot in, in Baltimore, and uh, it was so good. And, and Frontiers Records said, you know, we would love to have a new Kick studio album. So that's what kind of got the juices flowing, and that's what kind of got us sort of thinking about it. It took about a year and a half or two years before we felt we had come up with the right material and got all the right people involved. And when we had all that put together and felt we had enough material to, to get serious about it, we, we were lucky enough to get Taylor Rose on board. And Taylor came in and, and he went through the material out of about 35 songs. He narrowed it down to about 15. And we worked on those 15 as a band. For the first time ever in the, in the history of Kicks, we collaborated. Hmm. on a record with all five of us, Ronnie, Brian, Jimmy, myself, and, and Mark Shanker, our new bass player, who brought in a lot of material. So it was kind of, a, of an eye-opening thing that we thought, you know, this is what we've, we've been missing all these years, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think the results speak for themselves. It's a good record, and I think Kick fans old and new are going to enjoy it. Man, so how long did it take from... from Getting in the studio and getting this thing wrapped up and, and about ready to release next month. It probably took. It probably took us. It didn't take us very long to record it. About 
probably about four weeks to record it. Mm-hmm. And after it was all all said and done, there was there was always legal snafus. Um, we decided that Frontiers probably may not be the best label for us at the time because we had been in contact with Tom Lipsky, who had a history with Kicks because he was the, the head of CMC Records when Kicks released uh, Show Business, which was our last studio album. So when we heard Tom was interested and he's, he's with Loud and Proud Records, yep. we kind of jumped at that opportunity and we start sending him demos and he was flipping out saying, yeah, I want this. So we had to work out a way to get off the of Frontiers so we could join Loud and Proud and now we're all one big happy family just awaiting the release and see what ha- see what happens. Man, you sound like you're excited, man. It's just, it's just it's almost, almost like you're like 20 years ago again. Um, I, I don't think we've ever lost it because I don't, you know, I don't think Kicks really achieved what we should have could have achieved. I agree with that. Our first three albums pretty much went by unnoticed by other other than the people who were the diehard fans on the East Coast. When Blow My Fuse hit. I think the biggest reason Blow My Fuse did anything was because we were fed up with waiting on the record label to do anything. So we took our hard-earned cash that we would make in clubs and we would bank it and we would send, we would be able to finance our own tours going to Chicago and Cincinnati and Cleveland and we would come back home and then we would go out and do Kentucky and Texas and then we would go out to California and Los Angeles and play out there. So um, we needed to spread the word and do it ourselves in our own way because that's the way we did it on the East Coast. So by the time a Blood My Fuse came out, which was a great record and um, had all you know had all the elements, all the ingredients, and, and everything that Atlantic Records wanted at the time, but. I still believe to this day that it was the fact that we went out and pounded the pavements and, and, and used our own money to get interest that that record took off. And when Atlantic saw that, they finally put us the magic money button and they got behind it. You know, I wonder why that happened to you guys because, because I mean, I mean y'all's material is so unique and it was such good stuff, man, and it just didn't blow up like the other, you know, the warrants and the poisons at the time. But you guys were such a, you know, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, I'm not trying to get you to say it, but we're better than a lot of the bands that, that made it all over the radio. So what happened with Kicks with that? I wish I could tell you. I wish there was a definitive answer. Yeah. Because I, I get asked that all the time. How come you guys weren't huge? It's like, got me. You know, yeah. I can narrow it down to is the record label didn't know how to, how to promote it, didn't know how to handle it. Um, I really don't know. Like we, we did everything. We would hire... We had the manager who managed Farner for our second album. I mean, you know, this guy had all the power, all the knowledge, all the connections with Atlantic Records, and nothing happened. But maybe because that record wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the songs, it's like an anthem of Kicks, is Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah. This, I love that song to this day. Um, this new record, the song Dirty Girls, is the one that really got my attention the most. It's a real fun song, it's a rocking song. Cool. And it's and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of has that potential anthem, you know, 2014 version anthem of Kicks, man. Give me your thoughts on how that song came about. Um, that song came about from my looking at Victoria's Secret magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a porn guy. I don't like the Playboys and the Hustlers, but I I find those magazines extremely sexy, and my wife. Uh, gets uh, clothing from them and so we get like three magazines a week and I sit down and I just I drool over these <laughs> and 
Yeah, the working title for that song was Sexy Girls, and they thought, well, that, that's too tame, so we got to change it, so we changed it to Dirty Girls. Yeah, good stuff, man. All right, so... Um when when you guys okay when the album comes out well, I say album uh, what are they called these days CDs albums records what do they call it it's it's changed to the cassette CD days a, a collection of music <laughs> <laughs> so when the collection of music comes out in August <laughs> well, <laughs> see you around yeah you go this yeah it's, it's unbelievable how times change um, will you guys do like a a tour just of this record across you know America maybe even further. Well, right now we, we we are already booked to play a bunch of festivals and some and some local shows. Um, you know, I, I, it really depends on where the album takes us. We don't know what it's going to do. We don't know if it's going to get any airplay. We don't know if it's going to sell. We don't know what it's going to do. So, um, and, and at this point in my life and my career, I don't have a lot of anticipation. I, the other ones I would expect, you know, I would expect it to do well, and I was hoping. This one, I have no idea. And I'm not going to waste my time on getting my hopes up. So whatever happens, happens. If uh, if we start getting airplay in, in some obscure areas that never heard of us and want us to come out and play, we'll do that. But it, well, we're not just going to go out and promote a record if nobody knows who we are or, mm-hmm. or it knows that we have a new record out. But you're getting the big crowds all that that remember you that remembers you guys stuff at these festivals, right? Yeah, these festivals are great because we we go out and we hit a, a shit ton of people in in, in in one show. So we we fly out the day before we do the show and we fly home. I'm digging it because I hated the tour buses. I hated driving around in vans. I hated pounding the pavement. Yeah. I hated that shit. So this is perfect. And if we can if we can keep doing it like this, I'll do it till I keel over. That's good stuff, man. Now when you when you play your music. The band's been around so long, and you've had some diehard fans, of course, the Maryland, D.C., East Coast area. But you also have, you know, since Blow My Fuse came out, um, you went national, so you accrued a lot of fans nationally and internationally. When you stand on the stage now and look out into the crowd, do you see a huge, wide age range you know, fans, like younger fans, all the way up to like fans our age, 50, you know, 50? Absolutely. I mean, we've been around for 35 years, so the, the parents are bringing the children out, and if they're really smart kids, they really like it. How's <laughs> <laughs> that? Yeah, I, we absolutely see that. It, it's becoming generational, and um, that, that just goes to show that uh, good music is good music no matter when it was written. I mean, people, when I, I went to see Paul McCartney last summer, and, you know, the, there was like 70 to, to 7 in the crowd, and, and everybody was loving it. So if it's if, good music and it stands the test of time you know you don't you don't put an ear on it you just go that's good music yeah man I saw a kid about 14 years old wearing an Iron Maiden shirt in a mall about six months ago. He was like 14, so I walked up to him. I, I didn't know who the kid was. I said, hey, kid. I said, what do you know about Iron Maiden? And he started breaking out that you want to know before Bruce Dickinson, you know, or, 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 or post-Bruce. I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. I was I'm very impressed. Some kids that aren't really big fans of the new music coming out, and, and they've taken their parents' lead, and, and you know, if they're brought up right, and their parents uh, <laughs> turn them on to good music, but yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing it a lot. You know, it's one, one one big thing I've noticed about new music and rock these days is the absence of of lead solos. Have you noticed that? Not on our record. 
No, 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 no. That's because you guys are kicks, and you guys are from you know from that era. But I'm talking about the newer yeah. bands out now. You don't you don't hear many lead solos in songs. And that's one change in the industry. What what are some other changes you've seen over the years in the industry? Like you guys didn't have the luxury of social networks, Facebook and Twitter, and and you know when you guys are coming up. We didn't have any of that stuff. In fact, I mean the whole process of recording used to be go to New York City, go to Miami, go to Los Angeles, record a record, spend a shit ton of money for no reason, get an overpriced producer, lock yourself in a studio for six weeks and then put it out and get yourself in such a massive debt you can never get out of it and you'll never make a cent. So now you can do it in your home on your computer and you can trade files back and forth and you can get together maybe twice and record a record, uh, go to a real studio and record real drums if you want it to sound great, and you got social media to promote it. you got YouTube to promote it, so it's a, an entirely different ballgame. Absolutely. And you mentioned drums. You were, you were a drummer before you became a frontman, right? Drummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about that transition. How did you become to go from the drums to, to singing? Lead singing. Yeah, they were called the Shoes when they recruited me, and I was I was a drummer and did lead vocals from behind the drums. So what they wanted, they had a drummer that was a, a lead vocalist, and they wanted us to alternate. They wanted me to be a front man and then have him be a front man. So we were like back and forth. So that kind of got my I was able to slowly evolve into a front man so that really helped me to be able to do it and um, when um, when the other guy turned into um, I don't want to say a drunk but a drunk and we had to make a move so they just they threw me out front and we got Jimmy Shop on into the band and I was an absolute turd for about a year until I figured out how to make people laugh and how to make people have a good time and I think I'm doing a pretty damn good job ever since. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. In fact, I, I think you're one of the... I mean, I rank you right up there with Steven Tyler as far as stage presence and vocals. I really do. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's a well-deserved compliment. Um, Jim Morrison, when he, when, he, when he got pushed out, he was terrified of the doors. He, he didn't let us face the crowd. I remember, I remember that, and yeah, that's that's daunting to get out there, and, and, and that crowd is looking at you, and you have to you have to talk to them, you have to entertain them, you have to tell them what's going on. So it took a while, and I finally realized that I've got a pretty good sense of humor, so I might I should use that as my yeah, absolutely incorporate that in. Did. I, I just started coming in with bits, almost like a comedian. And we would just do dumb, funny stuff that <laughs> yep. just kind of made the band different and distinct, and that's what's kept us different and distinct all these years. And that's why the the, the the core following, because it's not only good music, 
it's a fun kick show. You go, you go have a lot of good times when you, when you go see a kick show. So it's great music plus the entertainment on stage. Thank you. And you know, I, one thing we've always prided ourselves in is that we're not up there preaching. We're not up there. We don't. We're we're not as cool as most people in the audience. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate bands that think their shit don't stink and everybody should just praise and love them because they're on stage. That has to be earned. And um, and that's our job is to go up there and earn that respect and, and get that crowd's attention and to entertain them. Very well said. I'll let you go in just a few minutes. I know you're a busy guy. Do you have any favorite songs that you, you're most uh, you know proud of or, 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 or enjoy the most off this new record? Um, I, I love the opening track. I think Wheels in Motion is, is, is a great opening track. I love um, Can't Stop the Show. We've been actually opening our show with that. That's a kick. Using it as an intro. Yes. We, we just do that opening riff, and each band member goes out one at a time to to, to, to do that, that opening riff. And then once, by the time I get out there and start the song, the crowd's already in a frenzy, and it's, it's a great opening song. I love, I love Top Down. I think it's a great hooky, catchy little song. Great choice for a first single. Um, I like the ballad, Inside yep. Outside In. Cause That's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, you wrote that song? Girl. Did you? I, I introduced it. I, I, I come in with the idea and had, had all the, the, the lyrics and, and most of the arrangements, but Mark got on board and really made some great changes and, and turned it into a, a, a much more, a, a bigger production than I ever could have. Oh, it's a great song. So, it's, it's a great song. Yeah, I'm, yeah, we're all real proud of that one. Dirty Girls I really like because, like you said, yeah. it's, it's got an ACDC feeling that's always been... That's always been one of my biggest influences. I can tell you're you're a Bon Scott guy, right? Bon Scott's oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Brian Johnson's great, great, great. Took the band to, to you know great success. Bon Scott, I can hear the influence in Bon Scott um, with your with your, yeah, with your I, stuff. I would have loved to see what they would have done with Bon, but we'll never know. Absolutely, man. Well, look, man. This has been a real, real pleasure and an absolute joy to have you on board the podcast. Talk a little bit about uh, where where the, the band can, or I'm sorry, where the fans can uh, get this record when it comes out. And if you have any social networks you want to plug, like the Twitter or Facebook. Um, well, it's it's going to it's officially released August fifth, and I'm assuming if there are still record stores or CD stores out there, <laughs> it'll be available there. Most people buy their music online. I know if you order it on Amazon or iTunes right now, you'll get the single for free, and then when the record's released, you know you'll get the whole album. Um, you know, just people who who are interested in what we're doing, just follow Kicks the Band on Facebook and Twitter, and. Um, You'll see where we're playing. If we're coming to a dump near you, we'll let you know. I'm going to walk into the record store and say, I want the new collection of music by Kicks, please. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and, and that was a fan. (laughs) Hey, man, Steve, I appreciate you doing this, man. I really do, man. We look forward to having you back in for a follow-up once you guys uh, get out there and playing this thing. Sounds good, Brad. I I enjoyed it.